Podcast is the podcast where two best friends talk about all things pop culture, movies, music, books, etc. Um, culture Bucket is the name of it, but you already know that. Uh, I am your host, George, here to welcome you into 2023. And with me is your co-host, Alex. Hi, Alex. Hi, George. Hi, everyone. Hi. You'd really shocked me when you said 2023. I haven't that's, spoken about 2023 at all, so I forgot that that's what the year was that's the year yeah are in it. how are you happy new year yes happy new year uh i'm good thank you i've had my christmas holiday or winter holiday or whatever you want to call it season and holiday <laughs> seasonal holiday family holiday time and um yeah good feel rested ready for a new year 2023 Yee. the year of the bee it's gonna be good i think i think it's the year of the the rabbit no, I know, but... Ah, sorry. B rhymes with free, doesn't it? So. Ah, yes. And, uh, you know, Manchester at B. Manchester B? Yeah, the B. The Manchester's a B. Is it? Yeah, yeah it's the symbol of Manchester. Because it represents... Yeah, because it represents the Industrial Revolution, etc. Worker bees and stuff. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's our symbol. Lots of bees all over the place. Um, so all working together <laughs> to make sw- England great again. <laughs> yep. Um. So that's our that's that's that. Uh, we're gonna have an amazing twenty twenty three here on Culture Bucket. There, I think this is gonna be our year. But in order for it to be our year, we need help from our listeners. Um, that's calling you out, Chris and others. <laughs> Um, please can uh, people rate us and review us etc on all of the places that that can be done Apple Podcasts, Spotify maybe can you do it on Spotify, can you do a rating I think you can now can't you, Spotify go and do it on there, go and rate and review us on all the places, it would be lovely to see some of those things come in and um, you know, please tell your friends about us so that we can get more people listening, it would be fantastic to see uh, listener numbers go up and stuff like that, um, that would be the dream for us to have more people and then we'd love you know interaction we want people to interact with us tell us what they think about our episodes and what we're talking about and give us you know reviews of things to read out any any interaction we can get would be great you can look at our links to our social media pages and our email addresses all in the show notes for this episode so please do get in touch and talk to us we want to hear from you anything you have to say would be great thank you so much wow that was beautiful eloquent as always Mm, not really but <laughs> but please do please do help us push the podcast it'll be great um so today we're doing a classic start to the year with a top five episode we're covering our top five favorite movie quotes quotes from cinema uh yeah which is a nice easy one to ease us into into the year i think yeah definitely yeah yeah and uh 
we've got some good stuff coming up with that next week you're going to be hearing our thoughts on the second season of the white lotus which alex is obsessed with obsessed yeah um <laughs> are you not obsessed with it after watching it yeah it was yeah well we'll talk about more next week but yeah, yeah it was it was a very good season yeah. of television um it definitely was a, a a highlight of my recent holiday was sitting down every morning to watch an episode of that um so yeah no and then after that uh there's a we're going to do a two or even three part depending on how long it takes that i'm very excited about but we'll give you more details about that yeah as we get to it um but that's going to be cool uh but for today let's go into our first segment culture catch-up and we can talk about what we've been doing over our recent time apart this is culture catch-up time this is where we talk about what we've watched, what we've read, what we've listened to, and probably some other stuff. I'm going to start this week. Yes, please. Uh, with uh, some of the music I've been listening to over the Christmas period, uh, catching up on some stuff from 2022 that I missed, um, starting off with the latest album from R&B artist, hip-hop. Mm. Rap artist, Scissor. Scissor. Scissor, S-Z-A. Um, she released an album in 2017 called Control that was pretty good. That was her first album, and I listened to a bit of it, but didn't really get really massively into it. But I remember people really liked that album. And then she vanished for like five years. Mm. She didn't vanish, vanish, but she didn't do any new albums or big releases of any kind really five years until suddenly just about out of nowhere right in at the end of 2022 after all of the big publications had done their best album of the year lists she came out and dropped on the 9th of december her second album sos and um it's pretty good Mm. yes I, I listened to it once after you recommended it to me. Oh, yeah? yeah. What did you get out of it on your on your one listen? Not very much. And I will listen to it again. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Um, I really like it. I've listened to it quite a lot since, uh, you know, since it came out. Um, it's got... It's one of those albums that I think over time will go down to be a bit of a classic release. Mm. Um, it's full of really fantastic songs. The songwriting on display is crazy good. Um, like straight out of the bat, she's got a song, second track on the album, Kill Bill, which is just massive, hooky, brilliant song uh, with really kind of interesting, engaging lyrics about uh, fantasizing about killing her ex and stuff. And then, you know, it's got really good lines like mm. I'd rather be in jail than alone and stuff like mm. that. But it, it's got really funny lines. It's great. It's a good thing to start with. And then it's got... Um, Great guest spots, uh, in particular, track 12, Ghost of the Machine, features one Phoebe Bridges. Yes. Which I was... Very was happy pretty, about, was, of course. Yeah, I wish, I wish she was on every song, but <laughs> never mind. Can you imagine? Well, <laughs> <laughs> Featuring um, Phoebe Bridges, every song ever made. Yeah, oh, it's so good. <laughs> um, But no, she's only on the one track, but it's a good track, it's a decent track, but like highlights would be Kill Bill, there's a song on there called Low, which is really good. Uh, one called Blind, uh, which might be my favourite track on the album. Uh, people should go and listen to Blind. And um, Shirt, uh, which is was sort of the big single. I think she did it on Saturday Night Live. Yeah, it's a, it's an amazing album. I, I really, really like it. I think everyone should go and listen to it. 
And what I like about it, part of what I like about it so much is how, like it's an R&B album, but it's incredibly varied. There's songs that sound just like hip-hop songs where she's rapping. There's songs which are really uh, beautiful ballads. There's a song um, called F2F, which almost sounds like um, a, uh, almost sounds like an Avril Lavigne song. It's like a pop mm-hmm. rock song. Uh, which comes out of absolutely nowhere uh, and was co-written by Lizzo, apparently, which is interesting. Um, and it starts with an acoustic guitar and then it goes into like big, these huge power chords and drums kick in and electric guitars kick in. And um, I, I think it's a pretty cool, uh, I think it's a pretty cool song uh, to just suddenly come out of nowhere, like to have this like grungy rock song in the middle of your um, R&B album shows, I think, how open Scissor is to trying different things and experimenting mm. and I always I'm always attracted mostly to artists that do uh, do that kind of thing so well done her it's pretty cool and like having people like Phoebe Bridges on there but then uh, Travis Scott's on it as well which is odd but never mind <coughs> I don't Excuse get me. Travis Scott I don't get him I don't get the hype I don't understand yeah. his music I don't understand all the auto-tune I can't get into him but he's such a phenomenon he is a phenomenon. I've tried in the past and sort of almost got there, but then not <laughs> <laughs> sort of not then sort of gone. I, d- I don't think this is really for me. No, um, but people adore him, love him. It's crazy. I, I don't know. After that horrible tragedy at his festival, I'm not really bothered about getting into No, him, absolutely so. not. I'm, uh, it's uh, really crazy how uh, the, no accountability was taken. <laughs> You know, this is your concert made by you and your management and you. Yeah. But not, no accountability whatsoever. It's it's awful. But it has, you know, it did send, that did send shock. Because, like, I went to a lot of live concerts last year and I've, ne- like, it was noticeable how much people are now stopping concerts to check on the audience and make sure the audience yeah. are okay. And it's clear that a lot of artists are really conscious of making sure that, you know, there aren't any more tragedies like that, which yeah. is what they should be doing. But it's it's mad that the actual person involved seems to have uh, not taken any responsibility. Anyway, let's yeah. carry on with our lighthearted discussion of music <coughs> and things. Um, so another one I went to uh, have a listen to is an artist that I hadn't really heard of until she popped up on a load of end of year album lists as being, you know, one of the best albums of the year. Mm. So I decided to give her a go. And it's this artist called Sudan Archives. Mm. You heard of Sudan Archives? I've, I've seen things on end of year lists and I put her in, is it a, a she? I put, I put, yeah, I put, it is a she. I put I the think. artist in yep. um, into my listen, uh, listen list, two listen lists. So, yeah. So I, I, I couldn't really work out what kind of music it was going to be. Mm. And I still probably couldn't really tell you. <laughs> but like I looked her up on I'll read you I'll read you out the little intro paragraph for on on her Wikipedia page. Uh Brittany Denise Parks, better known by her stage name, Sudan Archives, is an American violinist, singer, and songwriter based in Los Angeles, California. Parks learned to play the violin by ear as a young child in Cincinnati, Ohio, which is um a pretty impressive thing to have done, I imagine. Mm. I couldn't do that. <laughs> um and she put out her second album last year. I hadn't heard of her until this album came out. And, you know, like I said, people started saying it was amazing. Um, the album's called Natural Brown Prom Queen. Natural Brown Prom Queen. And it's... I've not listened to it as much as SOS. Mm. But it's crazy. It's really, 
really, really, really good. Um, it, it, I don't really feel, I don't really feel fully uh, able to sort of talk about it yet because I've only listened to it a handful of times. But it's definitely, you know, it, it seems like it deserves its place on these end of year lists. I really, really like it from what I've listened to. It's a long album, similar to the, you know, it's fifty three minutes long. The Scissor one is only just over an hour long. Um. So sort of similar kind of big meaty lengthy thing, and it's it's got a lot of R and B vibes on it, and there's rapping on it, but it's it's I think you know from the background as a violinist, the music is really lush and orchestral and big, uh, and and but it doesn't escape, you know even though she's a violinist, it still feels like a kind of pop music album. It's really hooky and interesting to listen to. It's really good. I like I hadn't listened to it because I I looked her up and saw she was a violinist and I was like oh this will kind of be, um, you know very artistic and not very exciting to listen to but like a worthy listen but not necessarily like a fun listen but mm-hmm. now it's a really fun listen it's a really good, exciting bit of music and I'd recommend people go and check it out so Natural Brown Prom Queen by Sudan Archives is brilliant I'm gonna listen to it more. Maybe we can talk about it more next time, but uh, I'd recommend it. It's good. So that's the main music I've been listening to over the festive period. I'm going to talk a little bit about some films I watched, caught up on some uh, 2022 releases there as well. Same. I watched, the first thing I watched was the Guillermo del Toro adaptation of Pinocchio on Netflix. Yes. Have you, have you seen that? I have, I've seen your review on Letterboxd and oh. I posted it to all our social medias, which was a very lovely review, by the way. Uh, but I haven't, I've got a, an aversion for Pinocchio and I, and I can't, I don't know. <laughs> it's just such a, I don't know what it is. It's like such a story in Italy and it's just, I was talking to my sister about it as well. And we both had the same like visceral feeling about Pinocchio, how much we dislike that <laughs> that story but i don't know if it's because our italian nature or uh the fact that you know it's it's a it's a film that or a story that has been taught about you know be kids being bad and having to listen to the parents who love their parents and so i'll watch it one day because guillermo del toro is amazing but um yeah, yeah i mean it's not really i can see what you mean about kids being bad and having to listen to their parents but that's not really the direction he goes with it. It's a much more. It's 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 not like any other adaptation of Pinocchio, mm. and he t- he takes a lot of liberties with it. The first thing he does is change because the original Pinocchio story was published in eighteen eighty something or mm. like late eighteen hundreds, but Guillermo del Toro decided to set this in Italy during the rise of fascism, mm. and rather than having it be about naughty children going off to like Pleasure Island or whatever and being turned into donkeys. Mm. It goes more in the direction of, of Pinocchio being sort of indoctrinated into this fascist mm. mindset and, and, and kind of breaking out of that. And it's much more, I don't know, it feels much more relevant to what's happening in the world today for sure. Okay. But also it makes it feel like a more interesting story, I think, um, because of that, because of that kind of like the way he's chosen to set it during that period in, in Italian history rather than have it be more of a fairy tale. It feels a bit more grounded in the real world. But then at the same time, it's got it's got a real base of emotion because he's he the reason that Geppetto in this story creates Pinocchio is because the movie opens by showing him losing a child. He had a, a, a an actual child who mm. um he loses in a in a bombing raid during World War One, 
Um, and okay. it's through his grief and attempts to move on from, from that obviously awful, tragic loss in his life that he ends up creating this puppet Pinocchio. And then these spirits come, which are mm. not like the... They're not like the, the, the fairy godmother or the, the star or whatever in, in the Disney Pinocchio. It's much more of a Guillermo mm. del Toro take on that kind of mythology where it's a bit unsettling and strange. And this spirit turns up voiced by Tilda Swinton and gives Pinocchio life. But unlike in more traditional interpretations of the story, Pinocchio doesn't look anything like a, a real boy made of wood. He looks like someone that looks like something that's been carved from a tree very messily and drunkenly which is how it is in this story and it's it, mm. it's a very different vibe and Jiminy Cricket looks like an actual little cricket voiced fairly well by Ewan McGregor who lives inside a hollowed out cavity in, in Pinocchio's chest mm. in this movie and stuff like that um, and it's it's just got a really emotional heart to it it really sort of it's it's not afraid to be very dark and sad because uh, yeah. it is a it is about this this father who's trying to you know deal with grief, and um, yeah, I I really really enjoyed it. I not for the same reasons as you, but I I mean I didn't watch the Tom Hanks Pinocchio movie that Disney did recently. Like I really don't have any interest in Pinocchio because it's a fairly boring tale. I think like when when done traditionally by like Disney and stuff. Mm. Not that it's boring, but I've seen the Disney one and like most other adaptations of Pinocchio just go through that same set of plot beats. But yeah. this Guillermo del has taken it and shaped it into his own thing, and it's uh, it's pretty great. I'd recommend it. So, as Pinocchio are uh, on Netflix, can be watched by pretty much anyone. Also on Netflix, we've got a film from Australia, uh, called The Stranger. Have you oh. heard of this? think so I've, I've heard of it but i don't know anything about it so it is a it's an australian movie and it stars um joel edgerton who is a wonderful australian actor who people have seen in plenty of things and it also stars sean harris who's a british actor who people have seen in a lot of stuff as well um and it's sort of loosely inspired by a true crime event that happened in australia in 2002, um, around the investigation of the disappearance of a young boy in Australia and how um, the um, person that abducted this child was eventually caught uh, mm. through a an undercover sting operation that I hadn't heard of because it's not... You're not allowed to do it in the UK or America, but you can do it apparently in Australia where it's called... Oh, what's it called? It's called a big man sting or something i can't remember what it's called now but it's it's basically the idea is and this oh it's called a mr big procedure (laughs) where um the police will create a can an entirely fictitious organized crime ring where every member of the organized crime ring or gang or whatever is a is an undercover police officer with the intention of luring in a specific person to bring them in and gain their trust to to get them to confess to a prior crime so the idea here is that this this man played by sean harris who the police are convinced has has abducted and murdered this child is brought into this organized crime ring and partnered up with uh, joel edgerton who is an undercover police officer to try and 
win his trust and get him to to admit to this murder and show the police where the where the body is and it's sort it's basically chiefly about how it affects the the detective played by Joel Edgerton to kind of go and go so undercover with this guy and, and try and become friends with him to get him to to kind of confess to this crime and find out what he, if he really did it or not wow. and it's a very yeah it's a very intense thing and like it's so on the borderline of like entrapment type deal that like you you can't do it in the uk and you can't do it in america because yeah, like uh like you're trying to get a criminal like you know entrap i, I see I, I i guess yeah but you don't know that they're a criminal necessarily do you like yeah what but if then they you haven't... find out if they're a criminal like i'm sure they don't go like they don't just get the first person they suspect and then they do that no I'm pretty God, sure no. They're like, like i think pretty... this is a bit of a last yeah resort like type last of deal. resort but i think in i don't know i feel like in the uk like a good lawyer would be able to be like well like especially the way it plays out in this movie like yeah. i feel like in the uk a lawyer might be like well you've you've sort of like scared them and terrified them into admitting to it yep so but they show he showed mm, the person where the where the body was you've not seen the movie i don't know why i'm assuming i don't know <laughs> well you'll have to watch the film and find out it's a it's a, it's a fascinating and interesting um little bit of uh, australian history that i wasn't aware of but yeah um the movie is all is borders on being a horror film at times but it's not a horror film it's it's a it's not even a thriller it's more of a drama Mm. but it's it's a pitch black drama Mm. um extremely kind of dark and dark in terms of the lighting as well as uh the subject matter but uh amazing i thought it was really really brilliant um sean harris gives an, an incredibly good performance i think sean harris is quietly one of the best actors working today um you know he turns up in huge blockbuster movies like the mission impossible films as, as a villain in there and does really good work but then he'll make these smaller movies like this and a film from a few years ago called possum um where he just like the depths of darkness and sadness that he can he can find in his performances is uh, is is amazing, and then Joel Edgerton is just sort of I really like Joel Edgerton he's a really good um, really good talent so yeah the stranger I'd recommend people go and check that out and yeah again it's on Netflix pretty much everywhere so go and go and check it out. Next up, two more movies to talk about briefly. I've got a film uh that I watched called Resurrection, which um. It's a 2022 movie. It stars Rebecca Hall, who is just wonderful. I really like Rebecca Hall. Um, and Tim Roth, who is also absolutely incredible. Uh, a big fan of Tim Roth. And this movie, I had to rent it on Amazon Video. It didn't come out in the cinema. It's not gone for free onto like Netflix or any streaming service. Mm. So I think it's in danger of falling between the cracks and not really being seen by people, which is a pity because like in another world, Rebecca Hall would be getting an Oscar nomination for this film. It's 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 amazing. It's set in America. She plays a British woman in her forties who has a daughter who's about to turn eighteen. Mm. And she seems very successful. You see her at her job. She works at some kind of biology, biomedical company. Um, she's very popular. She's got a sort of lover She's who's who her boyfriend is married. Uh-oh. But she doesn't seem to mind. She's getting what she wants out of it. She's she's living her sort of life that she wants to live. And she's in, she seems very in control of all the relationships mm. in her life. And she's, she's like, you know, absolutely succeeding. And then one day she's at this conference and she spies out of the corner of her eye a man sitting a few rows ahead to the side of her played by tim roth and it makes her completely fall apart and she runs out of this building she has a complete panic attack she runs home to check her daughter's okay and over the course of the movie you learn why the arrival in town of this man 
played by Tim Roth, who it turns out she had had a relationship with 20 years or so earlier, has left her so completely in pieces. After her seemingly really controlled life, she's completely in pieces. Mm. And I won't spoil it, but there's a scene where she explains to another character why this Tim Roth character is so mm. upsetting to, to her. And it, it involves this monologue that Rebecca Hall gives directly to the camera. And it lasts for eight minutes, unbroken where she's just describing this absolutely horrific event. And it's an Oscar-winning kind of thing. Like, like she should be awards-nominated, and I feel like this movie's just sort of disappeared down the cracks. It's very, very dark and very upsetting. And the stuff that's that's happened to this character, even though you don't see it, is distressing to hear about. Like, it's not an easy film to watch, but it's it's an amazing psychological thriller. Um, And Rebecca Hall gives one of the best performances that I think she's ever given. And Tim Roth is really good in it as well. And uh, I'd recommend that people look for it and check it out. It's it's good, but it's hard to find. So that's, um yeah, Resurrection. Give it a go. Mm. Give it a go, if you can. Um, Give it a go. Give it a go. Give it, Give it, a, it go. a go, find it, but be prepared for some, some bleakness <laughs> and some darkness, etc. Uh, and then lastly, very briefly... Uh, the Pale Blue Eye. Ooh. Yeah, The Pale Blue Eye. It's a new Netflix movie. It's directed by Scott Cooper, a uh, director who I think I've only seen one of his other films, and I thought it was rubbish. Uh, <laughs> a movie Just don't from... mince your word to G. It's like, it was rubbish. It was terrible. A movie from a couple of years ago uh, called Antlers, which I didn't like at all. Oh, no, he made Crazy Heart, that movie that Jeff Bridges won an act. He's had a very odd career, this guy. He directed Crazy Heart, which Jeff Bridges won an Oscar for it, playing um, a country musician. Um, it's a fine movie. They made a film called Out of the Furnace, which I haven't seen, that stars Christian Bale. Then he made a movie called Black Mass with Johnny Depp. Uh, oh, yeah. Playing Whitey Bulger, the American mobster film. I haven't seen that. No interest no. in that. Made Hostiles, another Christian Bale film that looked really boring. Uh, and then he made Antlers, which is this like supernatural horror film, which is just rubbish terrible movie (laughs) and then now he's made this film the pale blue eye right it's set in 1830 at the west point military academy in new york state new york city new york city but not no new york state (laughs) uh and it's in it's sort of it's it's set in the winter so like in terms of setting it's amazing because like that kind of like new york state winter on the banks of the hudson river a military academy in the 1830s like the atmosphere is already going to be incredible and the atmosphere is amazing in this film it stars christian bale as augustus landor a detective who is called in to west point military academy by timothy spall's superintendent thayer to investigate a horrific crime where a cadet was found hung and then when he was taken down and moved to the morgue the next morning, it was discovered that somebody had come in and carved his heart out of his chest. Mm. Not pleasant. So Christian Bale is set to uh, try and find out what's happening to make sure that all the other students at the academy are safe and um, solve the crime. But So it's a murder mystery, effectively. The, the sort of twist on it is that he ends up teaming up with Harry Melling, Harry Melling played Dudley Dursley in the Harry Potter movies years yeah. ago. But has he's... turned into one of the finest actors around. Yeah. I love him. And but he looks he's... so strange. Yeah, he does. He looks like really strange. So... And it works for this because in this movie, he's playing Edgar Allan Poe. Oh. 
the famous uh, poet, gothic author, creator of the modern detective story, effectively. Mm-hmm. Um, and he he teams up with Christian Bale to try and solve the murder. And the whole time, Christian Bale's kind of looking at him going, this guy's really weird. <laughs> this guy's so strange. All these odd things he's saying and doing. Um, and that's kind of a fun thing. The rest of the cast is kind of stacked. You've got Timothy Spall in there, Toby Jones, who's, t- who's turning up in every nowadays. Uh, this guy, Fred Heshinger, who played the son in the first season of The White Lotus, uh, the one that sleeps on the beach. Okay, yeah. Uh, he's in there briefly. Charlotte mm. Gainsbourg is in there. Um, Robert Duvall, 92-year-old Robert oh Duvall, is goodness. in this movie for about five minutes. Wow. Um, and Gillian Anderson giving, I'm sorry to say, the worst performance I've ever seen her giving anything. <laughs> this movie she's like she's playing the wife of this doctor and she's playing it in this very like oh mr bale no this very kind of odd highly strung performance that doesn't really work for me Hmm. but but you know she's still you know she's she's amazing obviously she's amazing but i don't quite know what she's doing in this film um it's good Hmm. it's two hours and ten minutes long which isn't really a problem it's fine but it is, it is a very slow burn. Like it, it, you really have to have the patience for it. But if you're in there, if you want, if you'd like the sound of the atmosphere and the idea of an Edgar Allan Poe detective mystery film, it, it does everything you want it to do. It gets a little bit lost in the weeds right near the end because it tries to tack on this final twist that it's sort of like, it feels like everything's wrapped up and then suddenly there's one final thing, one mm. final revelation and it kind of slows the movie down a little bit right at the end. Um, but other than that, it's a, it's a good watch. I, I think I gave it like three and a half out of five on Letterboxd. It's, it's not a masterpiece. I'm not going to be talking about it at the end of the year. It was one of my favourites of the year or anything. But if you've got an evening and you fancy kind of, you know, a period murder mystery drama mm. with Edgar Allan Poe, there's not really anywhere else you're going to find it. So um, it's, it's worth your time in that respect. Mm. But yeah. Cool. And Christian Bale is pretty great in it I, I do i do like christian bell he's good christian bell is a great actor isn't he it's just yeah he just sometimes makes movies where the only notable thing about the movie is that he's in it yeah you know I mean? like yeah. the other movies the other movies this director's made with him like out of the furnace and hostiles I, <laughs> like the post the poster for out the furnace is just a picture of christian bell's face and nothing else and it's like i, I don't know what this movie is and i'm not i'm not going to watch it don't want to take that ride thank you very much people in, the people involved in making that movie heard me say that they're probably really upset but i don't know <laughs> look here's here's out the furnace the film is about pennsylvania steel mill worker russell bays and his iraq war veteran brother rodney who cannot adjust to civilian life rodney makes money fighting bare knuckle for bar owner and small-time criminal john petty who runs illegal gambling operations but becomes so uh, no. No, it just sounds boring. So, yeah, but I like Christian Bell. And this movie is cool, interesting film. So I, I'll, I'll go with it. Mm. So there you go. That's um that's what I've been doing, pretty much. Sounds great. Oh, I also watched The Wonder, but we said we'd talk about that as a sort of a homework. Did you watch The Wonder yet? Oh, no. Oh, you're rubbish. Oh, I have not watched The Wonder. I made my whole family watch it when they didn't want to, because I was like, I have to watch it before I go back so I can talk to Alex about it. You haven't even watched it. Well, you need to remind me of these things. (laughs) No, I don't. You do? You agreed to it. (laughs) (laughs) It was your idea. (laughs) Did I write it anywhere? (laughs) 
I've been watching. I we I I kept meaning to watch it, and then I was like, why do I need? I don't need to watch it. And then you need to remind me remind me these things. Come on, I need okay. a reminder. Well, it's worth watching. I liked it, and we'll talk about it more next time. Okay, when you've watched, I will it. watch it. Yeah. Okay. What did it. you actually do though? Because now it's your turn for culture catch. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so you finished. That was uh, your fantastic. Sounds all great. I will do my homework. I apologize. You know, I'm not very good with that. That's okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So um, I watched a couple of se- uh, series uh, that came out in uh, 2022. Uh, there's a se- uh, series called The Resort. Oh, uh, yeah. Yes, uh, and it was always uh, like, have you seen that that meme, where the meme that's like, "Mum, can we have McDonald's?" and then the mum says, "We've got McDonald's at home." Yeah, and then it says, "Mid McDonald's at home," and it's a picture of like a frozen burger or something. Yeah, the resort is like th- that meme with the kid saying, "Mum, can we get the white lotus?" And yeah, mum says, "We've got the white lotus at home." Yeah, and the white lotus at home is the resort. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a real shame because uh, I watched it because after the White Lotus, they say if you like the White Lotus, you're gonna like this these uh, series. And in a way, I hate that because every every series have has got its own its own things. And I think this show really suffered from being uh, compared to the White Lotus because mm-hmm. the only thing that is similar is the fact that uh, it's in a resort in Mexico. Yeah. But that's it. Like, that's the only thing. Um, and, and the White and Lotus it, isn't even set in Mexico. No, no, exactly. So it's just in, in a luxury resort. And I, it doesn't even seem like a luxury resort, this one. This seems like just like a, you know, those resorts that people like Kazma go to when we mm. have a tiny bit of money. We, these yeah. are not the filthy rich from the White Lotus. Yeah. But I wanted to watch it because, you know, Christian Miliotti, uh, Miliotti is in it and I really like her. Uh, She's great. William Jackson Harper, you know, from The Good Place. Really great. great. And uh, so, you know, I was like, you know, it's on uh, on uh, Sky here in Italy, so I'll watch it. And it's just uh, basically uh, this couple that goes, um, played by uh, Christine Miliotti and William Jackson Harper, go to this resort in uh, Cancun. I think it's more somewhere in Mexico. And um, there's clearly, they're clearly not the happiest couple. Well, they've been together for 10 years. And I think, you know, they just just a couple uh but there's definitely an under an underbelly of uh uh maybe un- unpleasantness between them uh mm. like any couple so, full mm. disclosure i've watched three episodes mm. maybe of this yeah so yeah yeah and uh and so there's something not right between them but they're trying to make it work and uh as soon as they get in the bedroom there are two beds and they're clearly not going to sleep in the same bed and you know and uh but uh after but in in an outing she um Emma finds a phone and in this phone she finds out that the guy that owned this phone disappeared and him, her and her um, husband trying to figure out what happened to this guy. Uh, with the help of Baltasar Frias, uh, which is played by Luis Gerardo Mendes, which I loved his performance. He's so silly. And uh, there's also Skylar, Giz- Skylar uh, Gizondo, which I've oh, seen yeah. him in other things, uh, but he's pretty 
vanilla uh who's the guy's phone they found the guy's phone and um there's also uh nina bloomed garden who's one another person that's disappeared and they're trying to find out uh where she disappeared and there's also nick offerman which plays uh nina's father one of the girls that disappeared um i don't do you know nick offerman Oh yeah, 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 I like yeah, yeah. Catherine. Yeah. yeah, from his from Parks and Recreation. Yeah, so this <clears throat> show starts. So you watch the first three episodes, and I nearly abandoned the show after the second episode. I was like, I can't deal with it. There was too. I just couldn't grasp what the point of the show was, but then I give it another go, and the more you watch the show, the more you kind of, uh, you have to kind of go on the ride of the show and um trust it and the more the show goes on the more flashbacks there are what happened to the kids that disappeared and more characters come into the the forefront and there's more to do with like time and uh longing and what we want from the past and by the end the last episode i actually cried (laughs) and i really enjoyed it Wow. It's such a, it's like a, it's like a, it starts in one way and it completely finishes in a completely different way where you actually are in love with the characters, with all the characters. Because the first two episodes, I was like, I, I really don't like this married couple. They're just the worst thing that can possibly go. But then you get to know them better and you get to know what the issues are. And you uh, get to know the kids that have disappeared and you get to know who Baltazar is and his family. And and then it's quite magical. And uh, it's really lovely. <laughs> and I really enjoyed it. I didn't think I was going to enjoy it, especially... Like, what did you think of the first three episodes? Why did you stop after the first three episodes? Uh, I Because it was... a. I can't remember why... But I was at home, like mm. at home, my family's home. Mm. And no, was it? I No, I wasn't at home. I was here. I was here in Manchester and my flatmate wasn't in for a while, a week mm. maybe. And I can't remember if I was on holiday or not. But I just, I was on my own and I watched a few episodes of it. And then my life kind of kicked back in mm. and I was busy again. And I'd, 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 I had enjoyed what I'd watched of it, but not enough to put time aside then to carry on with it once I was busy, if that makes sense. Hmm. So I kind of watched the first three episodes in a period of downtime. I can't remember why it was, what the downtime was. But then when I got busy, I didn't go back to it. Yeah. But I didn't dislike it. I might finish it at some point. Does the mystery have a good uh, conclusion as to what happened to the people? Uh, I think so. I think okay. it's it's an interesting way to finish it. Yeah. Okay. Um, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's cool. a bit deeper than than what you ex you're expecting, right? And um, I quite like that. And uh, yeah, it's a yeah, it's a, it's a good show, and you know, good good people in it. Yeah, and don't compare it to the White Lotus because it's nothing <laughs> like the White Lotus. No, I know it's just it, I only compared it to it because it's what everyone did when it came out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, and that's why I watched it. I was like, oh, if you if you're missing the White Lotus, you should watch this. But don't don't compare it because they're two different to different world, and there's like different times and different places, and mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. very it's there's lots of twists that you think something is happening, but something else is happening. So. <laughs> 
Uh, but yeah, and then I watched another show that you're probably going to roll your eyes uh, because you hate the guy that is in it. But I wanted to watch it because I think this guy is hated so much that I think he needs the chance because, I don't know, I think he's just bullied all the time. And I watched this show called uh, Mamos. Oh, right, okay. Uh, with uh, starring uh, James Corden um, as, um, as a chef. Uh, and um, there's also Sally Hawkins playing his sister, and uh, the other two actors, I don't know, the main characters, Amelia Creeling uh, as uh, his wife, Amandine, and Colin Morgan, who must be quite famous, as his his, um, sister's husband. Uh, The reason I watched this is because I saw an interview with James Corden uh, in Jimmy Fallon, yeah, with Jimmy Fallon, two of your favourite people, and Mm. I was like, I feel I feel I feel like people hate hating him and in a way he's leaving the tonight show no the late late show that's what it is the late late show and I think there is a reason because also I think he's just anything he does is wrong and maybe he's got a bad reputation maybe he's got a bad character but who hasn't sometimes and I thought I would give him a chance and um it's a story about um Jamie who is a chef and um he's uh he's on holiday with his wife and she's pregnant and um during this uh holiday at the beginning something bad happens and uh, from this uh thing happening he finds out about a secret his wife has been keeping and from that episode it just goes on a search for Jamie for the truth but the more he finds the truth, the more things become bigger and mm-hmm. uh, the more you're confused of what is actually who's what is actually happening. And then at the end, there's a big kind of like twist that what that that kind of put things into perspective in a way. Uh, the performance by James, I don't want to say too much because it's kind of like uh, you can't really it's quite if you say too much, you kind of spoil it. And the beginning with James Corden, I found it really difficult to detach him from the kind of person that people think of him. And his performance in the first episode was quite um, James Corden-y. But the more the show goes on, the more you realise that he's actually a quite good actor. And he is actually great in the show. And I really enjoyed watching him. And I hope people will give him another chance uh, because I think he's 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 good and i think his his reputation is so is like perceives him and you know it just i feel when it goes to the extent of bullying a human being and i think hopefully this will put him in a, in a path where he'll be different and be a better actor you know not do these great hollywood things but maybe just go back to his origins you know yeah maybe yeah, and uh, I hope he gets a second chance because he's really great in this in this show. And the show is interesting, is different. Uh, again, like the resort, there are some kind of things that are not really realistic, but in a way they work because of the kind of show it is. And um, it's, it's great. Sally Hawkins is great in it, always. Mm-hmm. But I feel sometimes she always does the the kind of the same kind of delicate little flower kind of thing. In a way, 
Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And so I just like, but it works in this in this show. And um, I never seen Mila Creeling before. The the person that plays his um, his wife, she's great in it, and it's a it's a great show. If if somebody can go past the fact that they don't like James Corden because he's not liked, then I think they might get a different kind of thing and maybe start thinking about differently about him and in a way from the first episode to the last episode he's completely changed so I think it's kind of like a transition moment for him as well and he's going back to the UK and hopefully they'll bully him less but I don't know (laughs) I think English people really don't like him (laughs) no they, they don't yeah, and I I hope I hope we can get a second chance. But if you if anybody you know wants to change his mind their mind on uh James Corden, I think Mammals is only six episodes. I think it's twenty five minutes per episode. It's not too bad. And then uh films I watched uh, during the holidays I watched uh, Glass Onion, uh because you recommended it so much. Really enjoyed mm-hmm. it. Everybody knows what it is about, and uh, I I really enjoyed it actually. I don't think yeah. people people were so like, oh, it's not as good as the first one. I don't think you can compare it to the first one. I think it's just great. <laughs> yeah, it's very. It's just a great it? film, and it's classic Who Done It. Angela Lansbury's in it, and I was like, what? Like the goddess of like you know murder she wrote uh, on in her last performance, yeah. and I think this one followed more the Who Done It kind of um feel the first bit was just establishing the characters being a little bit boring <coughs> going oh where are we going and then the last <coughs> bit is just like yes everything is moving along and i really really enjoyed it and i thought it was great um fun fact did you find out did you see that edwin norton this this week what he discovered no what did he discover that his 12th great grandmother was pocahontas what yeah <laughs> okay yeah so he went in this like program in the states the general genealogy program and he found out that his 12th great-grandmother was pocahontas so pocahontas married john rolf which was this english guy and then they moved to england and that's how ed norton is you know him interesting eh um strange bizarre yeah bizarre bizarre uh then i watched matilda and i really enjoyed that matilda the musical uh really really great uh oh yeah you liked it yeah yeah it was fun it was it was good fun uh definitely emma thompson as uh miss trunchbull is not the best trunchbull but you know we can't compare films from you know yeah yeah but what and... do you think of the songs in the new one yeah, the songs were fun. You know, I'm not a great fan of musicals, but I really enjoyed the songs in this mm. one. And I thought uh, it was it was great. It was really good. Oh, that's good. I'm glad you liked it. Yeah, and it was really weird because I was quite... I was quite... You know, I enjoyed it until the end. And then it ends. And just <coughs> floods of tears came out. Like, as soon as the music finished, I was just, like, crying. I don't know why. It was just at the end. It wasn't, like, a emotional kind of response throughout the film which is like at the end i was like and it's like what <laughs> why what yeah. did you think of uh lashana lynch's yeah Lynch? yeah she was great she was really great and i i really believed it as uh, miss honey and i loved her little heart and that's kind of exactly how you can imagine it and yeah it was yeah. it was good it was uh it was great i enjoyed it 
Good, I'm glad. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then I watched the film After Sun last night because you were like, you have to watch it, you have to watch it. You texted me, it's like, it's out on movie, so I got a subscription <laughs> to movie, and I watched it. Uh, it's, yeah, I it's uh, it's it's a film that definitely leaves you thinking. Mm. Uh, and I understand the, the why it's so um, what's the word? Why the British love it because it's such a kind of like because I've never been to kind of. Uh, international resorts like i've never been to a resort in france or we just in italy we just go to the beach you know yeah. whilst it's kind of like a you know it's your culture to go somewhere in spain in france in turkey and go to like these kind of resorts and uh, i can i can see how that would be really kind of nostalgic and mm. um and so i i i i the nostalgia for me was the music which was amazing the yeah, way the she music, uses music is incredible, especially when they dance, the last dance. Mm. That was pretty, you know, heartbreaking. And uh, and the di- dynamic between Frankie Corio and... Um, Paul Mescal. Paul Mescal is amazing. and But there's this kind of distance from Paul Mescal that you don't really get it until the end, why he is so distant in certain mm. aspects to her and uh yeah it's it's a film that i think needs to be watched read about and rewatched because <laughs> it's so so I, I watched it and i was like oh and then i read about it and i was like oh and then i read more about it and it was just kind of interesting there's so much it's such a simple film it's really simple it's just like yeah to a dad a young dad and his daughter go on a holiday resort to turkey but there's so many nuances about it there's so many things that anybody could just revisit in their childhood and uh the you know frankie corio sophie plays sophie and she's 11 and she's in between being a kid and being a young like a teenager and she's <clears throat> stuck there and she doesn't want to play with the young girls but she doesn't really know what to do with the older people and it's yeah. just we've all been there and uh and the distance that they have as well is kind of really poignant between them it's 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 a it's a really good film because there's so much with so little <laughs> like yeah that's you don't, yeah yeah and just moments between them. Uh, today we're doing movie quotes, but I think the movie quote, the the quote that stayed with me, Sophie asks Callum, uh, "Would you come back to Scotland?" And he says something about, you know, once you leave a place, you never feel ever like it's home. And yeah. then he says, "And also, there is no sun in Scotland." And for <laughs> me, that's just a psych because the the weather in 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 the UK does affect people a lot, and that kind of was like. He doesn't feel like home, but also there's no sun. And it, I don't know, I just I just really like that moment because I could relate to it having lived at other places and having felt how I feel without sun in the UK. I don't know. I just, there's, it's, it's a brilliant film. And, but whilst you watch it, you go, oh, not, not much happens and not much is there. But then when you, the beauty of it is when you stop, you go, wow. 
that was really incredible. So yeah, great film. And I cried. I didn't cry during the film. I cried reading something about the film. <laughs> what did you read about the film? It was something about the last <clears throat> shot. And the last shot, I was like, oh, okay, what's happening here? And then I read about the last shot and I was like, oh, and then I just started, I burst into tears because I knew what, what happened. Mm. But just the the fact that what I thought happened actually happened, I was like, oh, I can't deal with this because <laughs> you, you could leave it open to many interpretations, the last shot. Yeah. But I thought it was something. And then I got, it was confirmed in an article with the, and I was like, oh, I just, I don't know. It's 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 a great film. I saw that you rewatched it on Letterboxd. Yeah, I made my mum watch it, so I watched it again. And what did she think? She enjoyed it. What did it. you think the second she time? It was good. I loved it. I I I think it might be one of my favourite movies just ever. I I really connect to it. I could watch it over and over again. And nice. I think he's I think he's one of the best performances I've seen in a film. Is is his performance? He's incredible. It's amazing bit where you, it just cuts to him on the bed and you can only see his back and he's oh, crying oh my god it's oh that was that was oh that bit was just yeah i really yeah. love it and i remember the first time i saw anything of it was i saw a trailer for it in the cinema and i remember thinking that looks like the dullest film anyway like it doesn't sell well because it do, it, it's such a simple movie that it's hard yeah. to sell it on but it's just and it's a debut movie like the the director's not hasn't done any any of the films and she's absolutely you know i will watch anything she does now because it's i yeah. think it's I, I love it yeah um yeah it's a really 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 beautiful wonderful piece of work and um i'd like i was thinking about how you know there's that um they probably wouldn't do this but you know how there's that trilogy of films of ethan hawk ah yeah so, the before trilogy mm, yeah like every every 20 years they should get frankie corio and paul mescal back together and just see what 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 happens. Mm-hmm. I don't think I can handle it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. But, you know, maybe it doesn't work for for the for the for after sun. But I just want to see more of those two people. Um, yeah. 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 It's great. Yeah. Really good. Really and good. And and I I heard from the director uh, who is called. Charlotte Wells. Charlotte Wells. It was kind of like they were saying, did you did you realize that you made two movies? One is like a slice of life of like the girl growing up. One of them is uh, another. It's him. Like it's two movies showing different evolutions. And she said it didn't start that way, but it got that way, which is really interesting. Mm, yeah. 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 Great, great film. I enjoyed it. Uh, enjoyed it. I I I absorbed it, and then I was like, ah. uh, yeah. <laughs> did did it came out yesterday that apparently Ridley Scott is going to make yes Gladiator two with Paul, Paul Mescal is going to star in it. Interesting. Yeah. What what's yeah. your take on that? I don't know. I hated the first <laughs> Gladiator. <laughs> I you might have to. <laughs> but I might enjoy the second Gladiator. You never know. You never know. It might be the best film ever. I might watch it just because of Paul Mescal. Yeah, I mean, I'd watch it. Well, I mean, I I quite like the first Gladiator, so I watched it. But um, yeah, I yeah. will definitely watch it if he's in it now because he's pretty great. Yeah. Yeah. 
Anything else? Yeah. Uh, so I watched uh, another 2022 uh, film co- uh, with um, Kylie Quirk and Pete Davidson called Meet Cute. Oh, yeah. Had uh, not great reviews, not very well accept, expect, accepted. Mm. And it's basically like a time loop uh, film uh, where... Um, um, Sheila, played by, played by Kylie Cuoco, uh, revisits the same date every night with Gary, Pete Davidson. Um, and yeah, so that's the, that's the concept of the film. She revisits every night and she has the same date with uh, Pete Davidson. And, you know, and that's it, really. Okay. They have the same food. and uh, I don't want to say any more, but um, I think it was advertised. I think they, f- they, they try to attract people with a romantic comedy kind of thing. Mm. And when you watch it, it is kind of romantic and it is kind of a comedy, but it's not really as funny as you're suppo- as it, as people would expect it and it's not as romantic as people were expecting. Mm. And um, I personally really enjoyed this film. Uh, I, I, it's, it's, more, it's deeper than... Uh, than... Uh, people were expecting i think and it, it's a bit like i don't know if you've seen the film the breakup with jennifer aniston and vince vaughn no i've not so jennifer aniston and vince vaughn were like the kind of the the comedy actors you know he was a comedy actor she was the romantic comedy actress and people watched the, went to see the breakup thinking that it was going to be this like com- comedic kind of thing and it wasn't it was really sad actually and really not nice not the greatest film ever made but it wasn't a comedy it was definitely not comedy and i think that's the thing that happened here you have katie quirko who's like a comedic actress and pete davidson who's a comic and people went there thinking oh it's going to be and also was kind of uh this this no um advertised as a romantic comedy but if you think about in which state of mind do you have to be to be someone that wants to revisit the same night and do the same thing over and over and over again with the same person? <laughs> it's not really a person that maybe is having a great time in life. Right. And that's all I'm going to say. And uh, she's just she's obsessed with this night. And just by thinking about that, you can think about what... In- what kind of character is Sheila and um and she's a struggling woman and uh yeah and I really enjoyed it I thought it was great isn't yeah there are some funny bits of course there has to be because if not you but also I think it's a it's a great film that it should be watched in a different way rather than just expecting a romantic comedy and I thought it was really good and uh, it's really pretty to look at and uh you kind of want to know what happens. When is this loop going to end? Because it, it goes on and on and on. And uh, I th- I think if uh, people have like an, like an inkling in watching it, I think it, it's a good <coughs> uh, meet cute. Mm. Yeah. Cool. And it's like on. Uh, mm, and it's on Prime Video, so it's easy to watch, and uh, it's not too long. It's only an hour and thirty minutes, and. I think it's better than what people think in the sense of what people, when you know, when you expect something and then you get something else and you, your, your world is shattered, you know, shattered, shattered in million pieces. Mm-hmm. 
And then last film that I'm going to talk about is a Japanese slice of life film where nothing much happens, but it's beautiful and I loved it. Okay. <laughs> yes. And it's called Leaving on the 15th Spring. Um, it was a film made in 2013 and is about this island uh, off of Okinawa, about 360 kilometers away from Okinawa. And it hasn't got a high school. And so uh, every year uh, when your 15th birthday arrives, you decide if you want to go to the main island, Okinawa, or if you want to stay in on the island and work with, you know, uh, it's a sugarcane island, so work on the fields or stay there. And, uh, and uh, sometimes you will have a parent follow you uh, to the main island, or as a 15-year-old, you have to go and live by yourself uh, in the main island. And it's an it's uh it is set in the last year of Yuna's um uh between fourteen and fifteen is set on her last year on the island and uh it's just about that her last year on the island and her uh, going to the main island Okinawa to find out which school she's gonna go to and realizing that she's gonna leave everything for two years and does she want to leave. Uh, and some of her friends deciding that maybe they don't want to leave the island is very lovely is a classic Japanese slice of life story but also mm. it's reality because this island actually exists if you go on um, um, on uh, Google Maps and you go and see the island of Daito it's it's Daito. really in the middle of the like nowhere Daito Island and uh and it just shows the life there and the community that there is there and all the uh, the traditions they have together and, uh, you know, and the sacrifices you need to do to when you grow up. And uh, they grow up very quickly. And so, you know, it's a it's a it's I really enjoyed it as a film. And um, the only actors I knew are Ayaka Miyoshi that plays Yuna, the main character. And you can mm. see her in the Netflix uh, series uh, Arisu in Borderland. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and uh, she's one of the main characters there. And also uh, her, her father is played by Kaoru uh, Kobayashi, who is the master in Midnight Diner. So um, if you want a slice of life of, uh, um, you know, Japanese life on an island, uh, living mm -hmm. on the 15th of s 15th spring. It's very sounds, good. Sounds good. Sounds mad. I, that island is tiny. Um, and last little thing, last little snippet. I've got a music recommendation uh, of like somebody that uh, I, I discovered. No, I did, well, I discovered in Japan this year. Uh, mm -hmm. I really like Japanese pop, 80s pop music. And this uh, Korean DJ gets these Japanese pop songs. And he uh, he remixes them, and he's great. So I'm gonna make you listen to a bit. His name is oh, My okay. Tempo. It's from Korea, and uh, I want you to listen to a bit of it. I'll play it now, and then okay. you can. Okay. Yeah, and then you can tell me in live what you think about it. Little new snippet. Alex listened, and. Uh, This is it? Yeah. Can you hear? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is. It's very, very great 
remixes of Japanese 80s music. So if you like Japanese 80s music and you like remixes. <laughs> Who doesn't? I do. There might be some listeners that do. And I think you might start like, liking it from now. It's just kind of like. Yeah. And that's it. <laughs> Night Tempo. He's very good. N- Night Tempo. How do you spell that? Night Tempo. Night <clears throat> Tempo. But he's. The funny thing is, he's Korean, but uh, mm. he loves Japanese music and uh, they love him in Japan and in all the world. He does tour a lot and uh, it'd be nice if. Uh, yeah, I know you're loving what? it. Yeah. It's it's nice. It's good. I like the sound of it. Good. So so we know it's a, it, but he's not so. That singers from the eighties then. Yeah, the singers are from the eighties, so he gets eighties yeah. songs uh, from uh, any singer. So the one I uh, played before is um, um, what's her name, Miki Matsubara, very popular. Mm-hmm. Um, in the eighties, and this is Andri. Um, Japanese eighties music was very kind of. They didn't really leave Japan, and so they were much more experimental with their music in the eighties. Mm-hmm. Um, there was no English put in, and it was a little bit more free than it is now because the music industry wants to like break the rest of the world. But yeah, that's it. Night tempo. Have Night a listen. Yeah. Sounds cool. I like it. Yes. Well done. Well done, Night Tempo. Yes. Uh, keep going. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> Thank you. Cool. Um, okay, good. So, uh, you haven't done your homework, so we'll skip that. Sorry. It's all right. I don't have enough uh, time. <laughs> should we, well, should we... We, might, like, we might have to do it for next time, because we don't have any... <clears throat> probably no homework to set this time, so... Well, you might not have seen all the movies I'm quoting today. Okay, maybe probably but, not. That is, but true. yeah, the wonder is is will be fine. Um, it's my tube got time for a bit of that. Cool. So we're going to do a bit of my tube where I'm going to share with you a couple of trailers uh, uh, for upcoming 2023 now movies. Cool. Um, and you can tell me what you think. The first one is for a film called Renfield. Have you heard of this? Yes. Have and you, I've seen th- the first three seconds of the trailer. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> uh, so this is a Nicholas Holt movie, which yeah. After, after the menu, I'm a little bit on the Nicholas Holt train because he's pretty good in that film. Yeah, he's a key. You know, I forgot that he was in uh, Fury Road. Max Mad mm. Mad Mad Max Mad. Ma- Maddest Mad- Max. Max Mad, eh? Mad Max Fury Road, and yeah. he was pretty crazy in there. So I think, yeah, 
Yeah, definitely. So let's see him in this big, weird comedy horror thing. Right. Should we go? Hi. Okay. So a three, two, one, start. Sorry to interrupt. Okay. Are you okay? I need to get out so. of a toxic relationship. <laughs> <laughs> Nick Holt is in a toxic relationship. And I think he's with... That's the question. Nick Cage, isn't it? My boss, ah. Different. You can't get him out of your head. Oh. I need your assistance. I'm coming, Master! Blood. So he's a bit pale, so I think he might be a vampire. Renfield. Yeah. And I think he's in a, like, an, uh, uh, kind of help group. Bad bosses. Yeah. It looks like fun. Oh, he's either PA to Dracula. He might just be. Oh. And he needs to bring some bodies to Dracula. So, you know the Francis Ford Coppola Dracula? Yeah. You know Tom Waits' character? Yeah. That's Renfield. Which is why yes. he's just eating a bug. Thank you. Yes. You saved my life. Okay. But in this movie, it looks like eating bugs gives him magic powers. Nice. Aquafina's in it. Yes, please. Perfect. Love her. Um. In return, I tend to his needs. Okay. Care, feeding. You bring in people to eat. You're like the guy that gets the villain's postmates. But if you were to stop focusing on his needs, what would happen? He won't grow to full power. Exactly. He won't grow to full power. What? That's so weird. Why would you phrase it like that? But yes. Hi. Are you here for the meeting? Well, come on. No. No. <laughs> I like that guy. I don't know who that guy is, but he made me laugh. Yes, definitely. And now the guy's coming in. And the poster, unfortunately, did um, spoil who the guy is. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty exciting stuff, Nicholas yeah. Cage's Dracula. Cool. It looks great. I want to watch it. Yeah, it looks fun, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm intrigued. I remember when um, when it first was announced and they mm. were filming it, these um, shot pa- like paparazzi photos came out of Nicolas Cage on the set dressed up as Dracula in this big red velvet jacket thing, yeah. looking absolutely bizarre. Mm. I remember seeing people being like, oh, yeah, because the movie's going to be in black and white, to, so it's similar to the old Dracula movie, so that's why he's dressed like that. It's like, no, the movie's in colour because it's yeah. a big comedy movie for 2023. Yeah. It's just Nicolas Cage is bizarre. <laughs> looks <laughs> mad in it. Um, yeah, I think that looks exciting. I'm, I'm interested to see it, so uh, we can talk about that more when it comes out, but... Um, I was less excited until I saw the menu because I was a bit sort of down on Nicholas Holt for a while, but the menus reminded me See? that he's pretty good. Let's change our minds on people. It's 2023. Let's give everybody a chance. Well, yeah, Nicholas Holt's not a, not a bully either, which helps. So. <sighs> um, Let's give love a chance. 
that's good. Okay, so I've received another link from G to the F yeah, you, to the B. This, this might be one that you won't watch, but I, I'd like to talk about it briefly. Okay, so so the next trailer he sent me, there's already a big red. The following restricted <laughs> preview has been approved for appropriate audiences by the Motion Picture Association. Strong bloody horror, violence and gore and some <clears throat> language. Yes, please. What language? What kind of, some language. English. They speak... Mostly English. <laughs> and the film is Evil Dead Rise. The latest Evil Dead movie. They've made another what? Evil Dead movie. Should not be Evil Dead Rises? Is that... Uh, is no. that a mistake? No, because I, I think it's Evil Dead Rise because it's set in a tower block or <laughs> a, a high rise, as it were. <laughs> Look how many views there are. Uh, Do you think it's done on purpose? Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> 666,000 views. Yeah, <laughs> I think I, I think that. I, well, I don't know if they. I think that might just be an exciting coincidence. I'm not sure. And do you think should should we should we uh, screen grab it? Yeah, I'll do a little. I've I'll done do it. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, <laughs> I like it. That's good. Right. Um, should we watch this? Yeah. Is it okay. scary? No, it's not. No, not at all. Okay. If you right. say so. Okay, it's a little yeah. bit scary. So let's go. <laughs> Three, two, one, go. Okay. So, struck bloody horror, violence, and go, and some language. They're ready, like, boom. Oh, gas. She's cooking with. Uh, she's not cooking in a normal eggs. way. Yeah, she's yeah but you don't cook eggs like that. Yeah, you, you don't do. just throw an egg in a pan. It Oh, and she's throwing eggs everywhere. And there's blood in the eggs. Crosses. Sometimes eggs have blood in them. Do they? Oh, she just chopped the the doll. Why? Oh my god! She just she just (laughs) ripped her hair off. No, you imagine things. Oh my god! I don't understand. Like, if somebody's doing that to the eggs, you run out the house. Okay. I asked my mother, what would I be? And I'm... So they found a book of horror. Not any book, the Necronomicon. Oh, the neck. Wow. What would you do with that? Oh my goodness. Throw it away and get rid of it. Yeah, you just run away. Don't read out of it, for sure. You know, you, a good films is horror films. Oh, no. Don't go near the door. Oh! oh! No. 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 She's, why is she so scared? This is a trailer. You should not scare me from the trailer. I can't watch it. I can't. George. No. No. Oh, my God. It's too much. This is too, this like why why <laughs> there are teeth. Oh, oh, it's not very nice. Sorry, George. What is wrong with you? Why didn't they not leave the house? Because it's their mum. What does that mean? Is their mum? She's been possessed by the uh, deadites. Oh, there's a lot of blood. That's a bit like uh, The Shining, isn't it? Oh, yeah. oh Bob's Bob's Mom. No way to my voice. George. 
I'm, I've got my eyes closed. I can't. <laughs> oh. No. Um, that was that was the worst trailer they showed me. Really? Worse than, like, Crimes of the Future? Would yeah, be yeah, yeah. Oh, no, I'm sorry. That face when she looks through the, the door. <clears throat> and the fact yeah. that this has got, like, the perfect horror th- thing of a person with their head, with uh, like, staring to the wall. And I've seen three already in this trailer. And one <laughs> is enough. One is enough because that's already freaky, you know, Blair Witch Project yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, Hereditary, you know, one one is more than enough. You have three in here. That's too much. I don't, I w- I don't think I could cope. Too many people staring at walls. Well, why, are they, <laughs> why are they doing that? What's 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 so interesting about the wall? Also, like, why eating a glass? She was eating a glass. George, are you going to watch the entire film? How long is it going to be? I don't know. Probably about 90 minutes normally for a film like that. Oh, I feel ready. I just, I just, I think I watched not all of it. Sorry. <laughs> that's a, that's a. That's okay. That's horrendous. Sorry. Thank you. <laughs> Anything nice that you could watch? Have you seen Dolly Parton and um, Millie Cyrus? Uh, si- Millie? <laughs> Who's that? Miley Cyrus singing um, Wrecking Ball. No, I haven't. Is oh that... my god, let's watch that. All right, okay. Okay, I'll, I'll send you the link. You find it and show me. Um, Ran- Ranfield, though, that looks good. Yeah. So, are you going to watch uh, uh, Evil Rise? Yeah, well, Evil Dead 2 is one of my favorite movies. So, yeah, okay. I, love, I love the Evil Dead films, so I will watch it. I don't know if okay. it'll be good, but I'll watch it. Okay. Uh, it's a bit long, six minutes. So we don't have to watch it all, but I, I really like this performance. So Okay, well, I'm, I'm up for seeing it. Um, so is it always the same people or in no. evil? No. Oh. Because, of course, everybody's dead, isn't it? Well, not, well, the first three Evil Dead movies star... Um, three? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's cause the, so the first Evil Dead movie was made by Sam Raimi on a budget of about... I don't know, ten thousand dollars, and he got okay. backing. Like it was a basically student movie, very low budget, um, amazing. Yeah. Starred Bruce Campbell. Evil Dead Two is basically a remake of Evil Dead One, but with a bigger budget, and leaning more into it being a comedy. Mm. And then Evil Dead Three is an action adventure film set in the Middle Ages. It's not even a horror film at all. It's like a time travel movie. So there was those three, and then they did a remake called Evil Dead in like 2012, hmm. which was a whole new cast um, and had a brief cameo by Bruce Campbell, who's the star of the original ones at the very end. Um, and then they did a TV series called Ash vs. Evil Dead that ran for three seasons, and that was a Bruce Campbell thing. And now they've done this. So it's all, it's a bit all over the place. But, yeah. you know, I love it. Yeah. And Evil Dead Rise. Mm-hmm which is grammatically incorrect, is my worst nightmare. Well, the dead rise. The dead will rise. Evil dead the, rise. Well, the so. evil dead rise, that's fine. Evil dead rises, that's fine. Evil dead rise, it is not fine. Well, it is fine, because it's a movie title. <laughs> Let's watch some Miley Cyrus and Dolly Parton. Have you got it? Uh, Yeah, I have. Okay. Three, two, one, go. I love this performance. And Dolly Parton is incredible. She's pretty good. Yeah. And Miley is... I don't know. I like her more and more. 
Yeah, I like Miley. She's got a new album coming out, have you seen? Yeah, so soon as well. Yeah. Oh, listen to that voice. Oh, I just Dolly Parton's voice is just something else, isn't it? And it's this bit big. is now. Wow. Like, it doesn't yeah, even feel she's like... still got a big eh? voice. Like, it doesn't even feel like she puts any effort in it. She's just like, I'm just gonna like... It's like um, <laughs> <laughs> just like belt out an incredible performance. Miley Cyrus' tattoos are pretty bizarre. Uh, do you like them? I'm not a big fan of them. They look like scribbles. Yeah. Hmm. Well, you know, if she likes them, that's all right. Yeah, there was a scribbly tattoo moment that I don't... I don't know. I guess because I wouldn't like them on me because I'll get bored of them. As long <laughs> as she's not bored of them, then... Well, yeah. I'm sure if she got bored of them, she could do something about it. Yeah. But she, you know this, this is from like her New Year's Eve party that she does since last year. Yeah, yeah, doing. yeah. And I saw that she'd sung something with David Byrne, but I didn't see this. Mm. Yeah, she sung with uh, lots of different uh, people and I really enjoy this show, actually. And I really enjoy Miley Cyrus. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, she went. Miley Cyrus kind of went through her totally mad phase and has come out the other side a bit. It seems as being quite. Well, but don't, don't we know. all go through a mad phase, but we don't have cameras on us? Like yeah, we all go no, through a mad fine. phase. I'm not judging her for it at all. Yeah, because she was judged so much for it. And that's it. <laughs> Where did that come from? Yeah, it's... cool. Yeah, because it's a, you know, it's uh, uh It's her I'll... song, so. Yeah, no, that's fair. Yeah. Cool. Let's, and that let's was. Leave um... it there for now. Yes. That's great. Yeah, yes. good, good stuff. Yeah. Well done, yes. Miley and Dolly. Yeah. But wasn't Dolly, like, Dolly, <laughs> Dolly. <laughs> like, Miley Cyrus sang with a bunch of people, but wasn't Dolly part of, like, the official co host of it yeah. or whatever? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah. Good. Did she yeah. sing Jolene? I hope she did. Yeah, they did oh. sing it together. Oh. Yeah, that's one of like my favorite songs of all time. I think it's a good song, man. Yeah, there's lots of good versions of it out there as well. Yeah, yeah, and and um, Miley and Noah Cyrus sang it together. Noah is her name Noah. Yeah. Yeah, they sang it together. I really like that version as well. Yeah. Nice. Cool. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Let's go to the to the the main part of today's event. Five, four, three, two, one. Our top five. Top five. 
top five movie quotes. Top five. <clears throat> top five. Yes. Exactly. Exactly like that. Are you ready to yeah. go? Yeah, you're, you are uh, going first with your number five. What is your number five movie quote? Well, I'll tell you what we should do. We should read out the quote and then see if the other person can say what the movie is. Okay, yeah. Okay, you know all so, of mine. Yeah. That's fine. You might know all of mine. Yeah. Okay. Number five is... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to do an impression, though, because that's weird. Jeez. You that should. Wouldst thou like the taste of butter? A pretty dress. Wouldst thou like to live deliciously? <laughs> oh, the witch. The witch. What's the, the character? Do you know the yeah. character? The character is the, sh- is the goat, isn't it? Yeah, what's his name? Oh, the goat. <laughs> the scary goat. <laughs> no, he's got a cool name. Beelzebub. Black Philip. <laughs> Ah, uh, Black Philip. Yes. Yeah, because the twins are like, oh, Black Philip, Black Philip. Ah, yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Yeah. Good um, quote. Yeah, I love that quote. I like, I love that movie, but I remember the first time I watched that movie, that the witch, as we said, um, at the end when when he suddenly talks to her, because the whole movie, that all the way through, like it shows a witch in the woods and stuff like that, but there's still almost a possibility that it's kind of in her head a little bit, yeah. or it's not really as real as it seems. Mm. But then at the end, when all that mayhem has been and the family are all dead and it's just Thomasin left. Yeah. And she goes in and Black Philip presents her with that contract and, and just whispers those words to her. I yeah. mean, like goosebumps. Yeah. And I think it's I think it's one of the most incredible, like, little final touches on a movie I've ever seen. And I, I, yeah. I, love, I love that quote. I love that film. I love the fact that they did an official tie-in cider that said, Wouldst thou like to drink deliciously on the side <laughs> yeah. of it? It's all yeah. good stuff. And, yeah. uh, and I also like the touch of like Woodstock. I like the taste of butter. Is like a little, not a reference to, but like you know, during that era in that time, butter would have been considered like a real luxury. Um, mm. Like to us, it's like yeah, I'd like sure I'll have some butter on my toast or whatever. But like back then, it would have been like the height of luxury would be to have butter. So it kind of has a different meaning if you if you think about the context of the film and stuff. It's great. It's all good. Love also, it. also because it's just so kind of you know, it's so kind of it penetrates your soul. Yeah. And it's just kind of like, oh, that, you know, it, it's not a scary scene as such, but it's just kind of, you know, it's just, yeah. Yeah, because she's, she's being temp lord off to go and live in the woods and eat babies and stuff. For, oh, for, eat babies. For her youthful um, energy. And um, Ari Aster's coming out with a new film, isn't he? He is. Uh, what's it called? And it's not it's the same a, guy, is it? No. No, it's not Robert Eggers. No, but I already they, they feel connected because... They kind of came up at the same time, Robert Eggers and Ariaster. Um But what's it called in the Ariaster movie? It's got a weird name. It's like Bo is scared or something. Bo is afraid. Bo is afraid. Have you seen the poster for it? Yeah. It looks uh fascinating. Yeah. Why why are they connected? What do you mean, Ariaster and Robert mm. Eggers? Because hereditary I think because they both just launched with these immediate classics, like Hereditary and The Witch both feel like classics and they both feel like auteurs taking their first steps into the into into the world of cinema, I guess. Like they both almost could be compared to Kubrick in a way. Um mm. that they completely control the movies they make, um, are completely their vision. And you could tell that straight away with, with um Hereditary and with The Witch. 
Mm. And also, her, they're both A24 films, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. But no, I'm excited about Bo's Afraid. I think there's going to be a trailer this week, so we can watch that next time we uh, yeah. record. Yeah. We'll see what that's going to be like. Right. So, that was my number five, The Witch. What's do I like to live deliciously? What's your number yeah. five? My number five uh it's like a, it's a it's like a like a quote is really short but i'm going to read you the entire the entire bit can okay. i yeah yeah mine are, a couple of mine are a bit longer so it says so is there's a fight and then there's stuff and um the guy says i'll never join you and he says if you only knew the power of the dark side obi-wan kenobi <laughs> obi-wan never told you what happened to your father he told me enough he told me you killed him no I am your father. No, no. <laughs> That's not true. That's impossible. Search your feelings. You know it to be true. No. That's it. Is that from Air Force One? Yeah. Is that Air Force One? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like Gary Oldman and Harrison Ford. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. A, a good choice. I am your father. Like that is the like it, you. It's just is, the quote, is it? It's just yeah, that the is moment the, where the quote. that you like. You've been waiting. He's fight. You know, uh, Luke is fighting Darth, and you just go like ah, and then that's the big kind of like I am your father, which you know, it must have shackled everybody when it first came out. Yeah, and if you even for somebody that hasn't seen this film, they would know where this quote comes from and it has been used and reused and i've used it many times um just in my normal day life <laughs> and uh, you know it's i think it's it's a great movie quote that yeah yeah well, my favorite bit of that scene is is not darth vader's line but mark hamill's like no no like he's, he's got such <laughs> his face is all screwed up he's like no that's impossible yeah, yeah. it's very like <laughs> The impact of the plot revelation there is huge, but like the performance, yeah, yeah. Mark Hamill's performance sells it as well yeah. to, to such a high degree. It's, it's. I think yeah. that's part part of what's made it so iconic. Yeah, good choice. Yeah. I love it. Good, good pick. Yeah. Star Wars or Episode Five: The Empire Strikes Back. Yes, Episode Five. Yeah, The Empire Strikes Back by having an episode of Jeremy Kyle in the middle of the Star Wars. Movie. <laughs> yes, I am your fan. No. No, it's and impossible. The DNA, and the DNA test says. Sorry, Luke, I've got a DNA Duff test here that is true, actually. Is your father. No! I've got a, a midichlorians <laughs> test here that proves that Darth Vader's daddy. Good choice. Well done. Cool. Okay. Thank you. Would you like to hear my number four? Yeah. Okay. You might not know this one, but we'll see. Yeah. So, number four. My number four I've gone with. No tears, please. It's a waste of good suffering. Oh. I don't know. No? No. No tears, please. It's a waste of good suffering. Have I seen the film? No, probably not. Oh, okay, <laughs> so no idea. Um, <laughs> So it's a line spoken by a character credited in the movie it's from as lead Cenobite, but later retitled Pinhead uh, from the first Hellraiser movie. Mm. Hellraiser. 
Do you know Hellraiser? Do you know Pinhead? I think so. Type yeah, pin, I think, yeah, type yes, Pinhead yes, into I'm, Google Images. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know, I know now. It's like, yeah, the one, the guy does, look, yeah, I've never seen that film, actually. It's a good movie, like, it, like, because Pinhead is such a great design, which is why originally he was called Lead Cenobite, because he was just one of the monsters in the movie, but then when he became the breakout little star character, he became Pinhead, and like he became action figure rised in the way that Jason Voorhees and Michael Myers and Freddy Krueger and all them mm. did. But he's not a slasher villain. He's not like a Michael Myers. He doesn't go around slicing people up. He's the leader of a group of otherworldly demon angel people who want to push the barriers of pain and pleasure and see what can be explored through the reaches of human endurance, <laughs> etc. And the original Hellraiser movie is this kind of incredible movie. It's from the 80s. Clive Barker directed it based on a short story he wrote um and you expect it based on everything like i expected it when i watched it for the first time based on growing up seeing the character all all the time sort of put alongside michael myers and people to be a slasher movie but it's not it's a movie about it's like a family drama about mm. uh this family they move into a house that the uh, uncle used to live in and he's disappeared but actually it turns out that uncle frank is living up in the attic as a skinless skeleton man and um, his sister-in-law helps bring him back to life by bringing him victims for him to kill and absorb the flesh of. And uh, it's all because of a puzzle box mm. he opened that welcomes the Cenobites into the world and they turn up and with their chains and their hooks and tearing people apart. But they're all about looking for... They're all about testing people's endurances of pain and pleasure and it's all a very kind of weird sadomasochism, sex, sexy, sexy thing. It's a weird movie. But I like, I think that that, uh, that line is great because it's such a summation of like, we're not here to kill you. We're here to make you suffer in, no. in the most interesting and strange way we can. George, and, uh, <laughs> why? It's a good line. Uh. Um, and it's a good film. Uh, Hellraiser is a really good movie. It's a bit, it's different. It's quite, it's got a lot of gore and meat being flung around and stuff, but it's, uh, it's a good Sounds film. amazing. Yeah, Thank yeah. you for that. So there you go. Woods, uh, yes. No tears, please. It's a waste of good suffering from Pinhead. That's my fourth favourite movie quote. <laughs> uh, what's your fourth favourite movie quote? Uh, my fourth uh, movie quote is um, Nobody puts baby in the corner. Oh, that's from Step Up to the Streets. <laughs> right? <laughs> No. Is, is there a step up to? It's called step up to the streets. <laughs> is that step up? Do you get it? It's good. Step up to the streets. Step up to the streets. Step up yeah. to the streets. Yeah. Uh no, sorry. It's obviously from Flashdance. No. Footloose. No. <laughs> Dirty dancing. Yeah. <laughs> Dirty dancing. I love. I love this film because it's, it was such a cultural phenomenon. But the two main characters. Uh, played by Patrick Swayze and Jennifer Grey. Like, in reality, they really hated each other. They didn't like each other. Patrick Swayze didn't even want to say this line. She, he said it was stupid. But then that's a line that everybody, you know, he, she... So um, the father, um, baby's father, decides that she's not supposed to be dancing. And at the end of uh, summer uh, extravaganza show, um, she's in a corner and um johnny played by patrick swayze he he's not dancing either because he's been fired because he slept with the, somebody 
And so, but then he arrives and then he goes to the corner and baby is uh, sitting behind her parents. And he just goes down and goes, nobody puts baby in the corner. And it just grabs her. And then they have like this incredible last scene of this film that is incredible. But the, the crap, all the crap that was behind the scenes, you know, the fact that two main characters didn't like each other, they didn't like the lines they were saying, it just totally is not shown. It's just an incredible film. Yeah, and, uh, and that's a great line. And uh, I love it. Nobody puts baby in the corner. Oh, yeah. That's a movie that I watched because of this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a great film. So a yeah. good choice. Good, yeah. good choice. Nobody puts baby in a corner. Is it in a corner or in the corner? Nobody in a puts... corner. In a corner. Not in the corner. In a corner. A crunch corner. In a crunchy, crunchy corner. A, a muller light corner. <laughs> with some apricot jam. Yeah. And baby. <laughs> good. Gross. It's good. Good. Yeah. <laughs> um. Okay. Good. 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 Would you like to hear my number three? Yes, please. Okay. I think you'll know this one. Hopefully, it's my shortest one. I think. Actually, no, it's not my shortest one. Um. Okay. My number three is this. I can do this all day. 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 From multiple movies. I can do this all day. Oh. Is it a horror film? No. Is it like a comedy film? No. Is it a thriller? No. Oh, I don't know then. What is it? (laughs) I'll give you, it's from a superhero film. I can do this all day. Is it a Marvel? Yes. Is it is it Captain America? Yes. Yes. Whoa. I knew I could remember. It's just sometimes I get, I get real bla- brain blanks and I'm like, what? Who? Yes, what? of course. Great. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. You know, it's like the, it's basically his Steve Rogers catchphrase in the Captain America movies. I think he says it four times across the films he's in. Um, yeah. And it's always at a point where, well, not always, but it's generally at a point where a villain or someone horrible is like, give up, stop. And, I can do this all day. And he says, I could do this all day. And I think, I like, he's one of my favourite Marvel characters, one of my favourite superhero characters, because I love how, you know, when you first hear about Captain America, you think, oh, it's just a patriotic kind of stupid American character thing. Mm-hmm. But he's not, and definitely not in the way the Marvel movies used him. In terms of like, he's more about just doing what's right. And there's another, there's another great quote in one of the movies about. It's not as kind of easy to say, but it's about how you know, even if the entire world is telling you to stop and not mm. do something, if you know it's the right thing to do, then you do it. And that's kind of Steve Rogers' whole thing. And uh, I think that's really summed up in in that really great line of just I can do this all day. Um, first spoken when he's like weak, puny little Paul Rog- uh, Steve Rogers in the first one, back in the you know nineteen forties, and uh, he's being attacked by two street toughs, and they're telling him to give up, and he's just like, "I can do this all day," and it shows that his indomitable spirit was there before he was any kind of super soldier. It's great. It's a great line. It sums up his character really cleverly and neatly, and I love it. Yeah, no, it's a great quote. Yes, I don't. I never thought I would like Captain America, but actually, he's one of my faves. Yeah, same. Exactly mm, the same. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. he can do this cool. all day. 
Yeah, so what's your number three? My number three, I'm going to do like I did before, say the beginning, and then the, the one at the end is like the one. Okay. I'm a servant of the secret fire, wielder of the flame of Anor. The dark fire will not avail you. Flame of Odom, go back to the shadow. You shall not pass! <laughs> I was like, what's that? <laughs> I wanted to like get you off balance a little bit. <laughs> the last four are the actual quote, but I like the beginning. I wanted to say it all. Is that from Citizen Kane? Yes. What, Shut uh... up. <laughs> He's referring to his childhood sled, right? When he says, "Yeah, yeah you the... shall not pass." Um. Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring, obviously. Yeah. And Gandalf. Yeah. yeah. Very iconic like Gandalf, line. It's an incredible line. And that's the moment where you're like, you, you're not really sure if Gandalf can do anything. Mm. You know, he can do fireworks, he can do bibidoo, but then, you know, he's just like, you're a freaking, you know, wizard. He is a wizard. What? He's a magician guy. Yeah. And he can yeah. Make... Just do something. And then here they're really screwed. You know, they're like running away from this guy. It's not a guy, it's like a big, you know, rocky monster <laughs> in a, a, a cave. A balrog. Yeah. And uh, you just go like, come on, do something. And he just, he just goes on this thing and he just puts his stick down and destroys everything. But then he disappears too. So it's also a moment where the guy that you love goes away mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and he saves everybody but also potentially he is dead and he does the most heroic thing he can do but also where is he yeah, yeah and then yeah. we don't see him for a very long time after that no well the next movie starts with that really awesome shot of them falling all the way yeah. down and yeah. yeah it's great so yeah and um yeah i love that line um and I've used it in my daily lives as well. That's why I think it's really good. <laughs> so you went with you shall not pass and not my precious when it came to uh, yeah. quotes. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. It's good. I like um, it. Good pick. Oh, it's just because I, I hate Gollum. No, Gollum's a dick. Well, he is, yeah, but that's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I don't think anyone's out there going, Gollum had the right idea. <laughs> Gollum was the right one. He should have got the ring. Um. Yeah. So, all right, my number two yeah. then. So my second favourite movie quote of all time is um, this. I've seen things you people wouldn't believe. Attack ships on fire off the shoulder of Orion. I watched sea beams glitter in the dark near the Tannhauser Gate. All those moments will be lost in time, like tears in rain. Time to die. I've seen this film, haven't I? I think so. Probably. This is a monologue that's so good it has its own Wikipedia page. Ha. Ah. Is it, is it, is it, is it Thor, Love and Fat Thunder? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it's not. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> it's, um, okay, it's the final little monologue spoken by the villain Roy Batty, or the replicant Roy Batty, should I say, in the movie <gasps> Blade Runner. Yes. Oh, boy, I'm so... I know it. Yeah, yeah. How... It's I'm... such a beautiful... I... So I... his performance of it is great. The reason yeah. I love this is 
a just that idea of all those moments will be lost in time like tears and rain is such a beautiful bit of imagery I love the mm. fact that this speech was different when originally written and Rutger Hauer kind of proposed changes to it and, and mm. you know, they, they changed it a little bit and it made it even better. And like it was the screenwriter and the director and the performer all coming together to produce this wonderful monologue. And it's like, you know, he's he's a bad guy. He wants to, he's killed people, but it's all in service of trying to survive and he doesn't want to be mm. killed because he's he was brought into this world and then he's supposed to just be taken out of it and he's not given any choice in the matter. Yeah. And Harrison Ford obviously he's chased him down and, and it's come to this and he knows he's gonna die, but he just he just gives this beautiful little speech before he goes. And it's yeah. almost like no human has said that. That was said by a, a replicant, an android. And yeah. it's more beautiful than anything a human could think of when they're about to die. Yeah, it's great. It's a great line. I love it. Yeah. Love it. Okay. Um yeah, and R. I. P. Rutgauer sadly passed on in recent years. Yeah. Yeah. It's been it's been a tragedy in the last uh, month oh, of twenty twenty two. Bizarre. <laughs> it's just like Loads every day. I was like, "What?" <laughs> every day I woke up with somebody yeah. that just passed away. I mean, Pope Benedict was what like ninety five, so that was yeah, yeah. Um, Barbara Walters, the journalist yeah. in America, was ninety two. Yeah, but yeah, some younger people have uh, sadly gone as well. Yeah, it's, yeah, rotten. Yeah, you know Gianluca Vialli, the great football player. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it wasn't a good end of 2022. No, strange. Um, it's like that. <clears throat> was it 2016 or 2015 that started? It's like the year David Barry died and like Prince died. Yeah. And yeah. Anyway, mm. um, what's your number two? My number two is Snap out of it! Is that the quote? Yeah. Oh. I know this because I was looking at lists of famous movie quotes and it was on there. But yeah. I can't remember what it's from. It's a film that I made you watch and you really liked with Nicolas Cage and Cher. Oh, yeah. Uh, Snake Eyes. <laughs> yeah, Snake Eyes. <laughs> um, drive Angry. Yeah. No, it's obviously um, Wild at Heart. <laughs> moonstruck moonstruck of course moonstruck <laughs> so it's uh it's amazing because like i can't Lord remember a. the context of this bit like i saw it on those lists of famous quotes and i can't remember where it happens so Cher plays loretta castrini who is supposed to marry um uh, ronnie oh, who's danny aiello Yes, yeah, so and uh, he's she's supposed to marry danny aiello but she meets um ronnie nicholas cage in his um in his bread shop and uh, they sleep together and he goes I'm in love with you blah 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 kind of and then she just like stands up gets dressed and just slaps him and she he just goes snap out of it <laughs> pretty good it's just an incredible scene yeah, it's just yeah, yeah, yeah. you know it's just so powerful and amazing and it's iconic and I I love sharing that film so I think it's a great great thing yeah and he can't snap out of it because, of course, he's in love with Cher. How could anyone snap out of that? No, I don't know. Especially Cher in that period of time was incredible. So, yeah. And uh, he had bad teeth, Nicolas Cage. Yeah, he did have bad teeth. <laughs> but, you know, he's still Nicolas Cage. Yeah, yeah. But now he's got perfect veneers and they're kind of scary. And two, two arms. Two yeah. hands. 
Ah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he hasn't gotten on. Yeah. Yeah. Good times. Okay. So. Yeah. Comes to my number one. Mm. A movie that I think you won't have seen. No, because I think you showed me, you sent me a reference. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that from the reference picture? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I asked George to send me a reference picture for the artwork of this week's episode, and I have no idea what that is. <laughs> <laughs> so th- this is a short. This is the shortest one, uh, and I don't know why I love it so much. I just really, really do. It's partly the way it's delivered, and I'm going to send you a YouTube link in a minute of the bit in the movie so that you can okay. see, maybe see what I mean. It's um, the line is. Sometimes, dead is better. <laughs> what? Sounds amazing. Sometimes, dead is better. Okay. Uh, any ideas? No, no. <laughs> still no. So, this is a line spoken by the character Judd Crandall in yeah. the 1989 flawed classic Stephen King's Pet Cemetery. Oh, yeah, that, that film... It's everywhere. Everybody is like, is it? That's the film, isn't it? Maybe. Or did you talk to me about it and then I read about it? Maybe. I don't remember. I just know stuff about this film for some reason, but I've never watched it. It's uh, so the book is great. The Stephen King original book is brilliant. The movie is like deeply flawed. The main actor that stars in it um, is not very good, and it's got like a child actor in it who's pre- actually no, the child actor is really good. It's um. Who directed it? It's directed by a woman, which for like a horror movie in 1989 is a real uh, rarity and something to be celebrated, I believe. Where is it? Where am I looking? Bubbity, 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 boo. Bubbity, bubbity. Sorry. It just brings up the remake that they did. And the re- let me tell you about the remake. Rubbish film. <laughs> Stupid bad film. Um, okay. Yeah, directed by Mary Lambert. Um and uh is 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 flawed it's not a masterpiece but i love it part i love it for two reasons number one the best theme tune uh for a movie ever uh the song pet cemetery written and performed by the ramones is an absolute banger and i love Mm -hmm. it uh and number two the performance of fred gwynn who plays neighbor judd crandall fred gwynn being the guy have you seen my cousin Vinny? uh yes uh, he plays the judge in that movie, and he played uh, Herman Munster in the black and white Munsters TV show from like, mm. the 60s or whatever. And he plays this guy, this neighbour, who's sort of, he's like the wise old man character in this film. It's one of his last performances, I think. He died not long after it um, after it came out. When did he die? He died in 1993, came out in 1989. Mm. I think My Cousin Vinny actually might have been his last performance. Um, and he, he's got this main accent, you know, like the kind of accent Scooby-Doo villains had. Uh, I would have gotten away with it if it weren't for you meddling kids that kind of thing <laughs> yeah. and uh, he the plot of Pet Cemetery is that there's a there's a, there's a cemetery in the woods that the local children bury their pets in and if you go just a little bit deeper in and bury it in the hidden pet cemetery it might just come back Ooh. and um, this quote sometimes dead is better comes at a point in the movie where um, the the dad of the film uh, Louis Creed has has used the pet cemetery to bring, I think, his cat back to life, mm. and um, he's sat down with Fred Gwynn to talk about this thing and why don't you use it and etc etc, and uh, Fred Gwynn says because sometimes dead is better. 
than than what comes back, etc. So I'm just going to send you. Yeah, because it doesn't necessarily. What comes back might not be what you buried. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So uh, just have a little listen to the line uh, spoken in the movie. I am ready from the beginning. From the beginning. You ready? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, three, two, one, go. What's the bottom of the truth? Well, sometimes death is better. <laughs> oh, it's great. I love it. I just love it. So good. <laughs> sometimes death is better. Sometimes death is better. Oh, what well, is a leg of a child? Yeah, we can stop that. That's fine. Like, oh, oh, why no? Oh, why is it not stopping? <gasps> what is he doing to his face? The stop, George. I said we could stop there. <laughs> Um. Oh my god. So, that's my favorite movie quote of all time because it it pops yeah. into my head all the time and I love it and I love that performance, and that movie is uh, an underrated film. It's not a perfect film, but I have a big soft spot for it, so I'd recommend. If you haven't seen the film Pet Cemetery from nineteen eighty nine, go and watch it. But don't watch the film Pet Cemetery from two thousand nineteen. It's stupid. Okay. Yeah. Good. Stupidity. Today we don't mince our words. Well, yeah. George does. What's your favourite movie quote ever of all time? My favourite movie quote of all time is I'm in a glass case of emotions! Really? Yeah. Oh, fair enough. From, uh, from, from Step Brothers. Stop doing that! What? You're boring! From the other guys. <sighs> from Elf. Like, yeah. Yes, from Elf. From Anchorman 2. From Anchorman 2. I love that quote. I've again used it in my daily life. It's such a stupid moment in that film where uh somebody just kicked Jack <laughs> his, Jack Black. Jack Black just kicked uh Rongberg and his dog out of the uh, <laughs> and out uh, off of a bridge. And um he's in this <laughs> he's in this um phone booth. Uh, talking to Paul Rudd, I can't remember his name, uh, the character's name, and uh, he's just like crying and like just before this quote, it's just like him just, bah! and then he goes, "Where are you?" and he just looks around and he's so stupid and he goes, "I'm in a glass cage of emotion," and mm. I just love that line. I think it's just a perfect stupid line. Yeah, a very good quote. Uh, it makes me laugh every time. And like other quotes that I've uh, quoted today, I've used in my daily life. <laughs> good. Uh, yeah, no, it is good. Is uh, I really like that movie, Anchorman. Yeah, it's, it's an incredible movie. A, I still haven't film. seen the number two because no, I don't want it to be ruined. Don't bother. Yeah. Don't bother. But uh, Anchorman's great, and that is a very funny scene, and I like yeah, it. Yeah, I just uh, love that scene, and I think it just, yeah. Yeah. And then he's just so desperate, but then, then he goes, Paul Rudd goes, they're going to put Corning Stover on, and he's just like, ah, and then he runs away from this. I just love it. Yeah. It's a great, great uh, quote by the great Will Ferrell. Yeah, yeah. Make more good movies, please, Will Ferrell. Yeah, yes, please. There was a good era of, like, Will Ferrell movies where they were, like, incredible. Yeah, and then he, when, he, when he did his little drama period that works out you know straight yeah, the, yeah stranger than fiction is a really good film yes it um, is yeah and then? 
And then he's well, he's done that. He's done a sort of a, some kind of Christmas based musical with Ryan Reynolds on Apple TV, but I won't be watching. Yeah. That. Um. Yeah. But yeah, no, he's yeah. I like Will Ferrell. Got time for Will Ferrell. Cool. So my top five was. Wouldst thou like the taste of butter? A pretty dress. Wouldst thou like to live deliciously? By Black Phillip from the movie The Witch. Or my number four, No Tears Please, It's a Waste of Good Suffering by Pinhead from Hellraiser. I Can Do This All Day by Steve Rogers from various Captain America movies was my number three. My number two is the monologue, I've seen things you people wouldn't believe. Attack ships on fire off the shoulder of Orion. I watched sea beams glitter in the dark near the Tannhauser Gate. All those moments will be lost in time, like tears in rain. Time to die. Roy Batty from Blade Runner. My number one, Sometimes Bird is Better by Judd Crandall from Pet Cemetery. Nice. Yeah. What were yours? So my number five, I am your father uh, from uh, uh, Darth Vader to uh, Luke Skywalker. Darth mm-hmm. Vader ba- played by James Earl Jones. Number four, Nobody Puts Baby in a Corner. Uh, it's from Dirty Dancing and Patrick Swayze says this line. Uh, my uh, number three, you shall not pass. Um, from The Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring, Scandalf, played by Ian McKellen. Uh, number two, snap out of it. Share, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, with a really interesting name, but it's from the movie Moonstruck. And uh, I'm in a glass case of emotions. Will Ferrell in Anchorman. Nice. Playing Ron Burgundy. Mm. Yes. So I've got some honourable mentions that didn't quite make my top five, but I still really enjoy. Um, Starting with Not Quite My Tempo. Oh, that's from uh, Whiplash. Yeah, which is one of the... Have you yeah, not seen I still haven't. I know I need to watch it. I just know I'm going to get palpitations, and I'm not ready for. I mean, it's a it's a tense movie, but it's so <laughs> good. And yeah, not not, yeah. not the not quite my tempo scene is one of the greatest scenes in cinema. It's very very good. Um, and I've also got Hit Me from The Dark Knight, which is uh, yeah. that bit where the Joker's walking down the street and just going, "Come on, come on, I want you to hit me. Do it. Hit me. Mm. Hit me." Very mm-hmm. good. Um, sometimes I doubt your commitment to Sparkle Motion from Donny Darko. Yeah. Which I've often said to people um, who refuse to get invested in something silly and pointless uh, reminds me of that line. Sometimes I doubt your commitment to spark emotion. Um, <laughs> Life uh, finds a way from Jurassic Park, obviously, the greatest mm-hmm. movie of all time. Um, you know it's Halloween. I guess everyone's entitled to one good scare from the film Halloween, spoken by the sheriff. Um, you ask for miracles, Theo, I give you the F. B.I. Alan Rickman in Die Hard. Uh, very good bit. Yeah. Uh, they mostly come at night. Mostly. Spoken by Newt in Aliens. Talking about mm-hmm. the aliens in the film Aliens. And finally, from Evil Dead 2, Groovy. Oh. Yeah. Spoken nice. by Bruce Campbell. Nice. Iconic. Uh, what are your honourable mentions? My honorable mentions are good morning, and just in case I don't see you, good afternoon, good ne- good evening, and good night. From the Truman Show. Yes, I love that bit. It's good. Uh, and then um, you had me at hello. Ah, uh, yeah, Jerry Maguire. Jerry Maguire, and show me the money. I love that thing, Jerry Maguire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, here's Johnny. The Shining. 
this shining. Um, <coughs> this, this is one of my favorite, just because it's such a silly quote, but I love it. And it's from a film that's so silly, but I love the film too. But what I do have is a particular set of skills, skills I have acquired over a very long career, skills that I make <laughs> that makes me a nightmare for people like you. <laughs> very nice. I will find you and I will kill you. Like what person says that on the phone to somebody <laughs> that kidnapped your daughter? But you know, an pretty cool. Mad lad like Liam Neeson. Yeah, uh, and then another one. I'm the dude, so that's what you call me. You know, his dudeness, uh, duder. You know, El Duderino. If you're not in the whole brevity thing, it's just like there's so many like that bit. It's just I love it's that bit. Very good. And um and and then there is uh the the mass and you know I love I love how Quentin Tarantino writes, but there's never really like something that you can like quote. Yeah. But there's the bit where uh, they're having this conversation about him going to um to europe and uh they talk about what they called um uh the quarter quarter pounder oh yeah they called a quarter pounder with cheese and uh and it's like oh and they talk and say what do they call it and then he just goes royal with cheese and (laughs) and then he goes what do you and um what do they call a whopper i don't know i didn't go to burger king like that like it's just so iconic that that interaction because it's so silly but it's really hard to quote, really. Agreed, but it's very good. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and that's it. And then there's the classics, you know, that you love and people use, you know, I'll be back and hasta la vista, baby. And, you know, hasta la vista, baby. Good stuff as well. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's it. Good picks. I like it. Good lists. Some good stuff on there. Um. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, then... That comes to the end of episode 88. 88. Mm, 88. Uh, I like it. It's cool and good. And I think there's some good movie quotes in there. And uh, for homework next week, we'll both be discussing The Wonder, right? Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. let's make sure we, <laughs> we're all going to have watched The Wonder by next week. Yeah, we I will. We can talk about it. It's cool. It's got a good... Um, I'm interested to know what you think about the very first shot of the movie and the very last shot of the movie. Okay. You'll know what I mean when, when you watch it. Um, okay. Ow, I just hit myself in the head. Anyway. Oh, bumble uh, um, Yeah, that's me. <laughs> so next week we're going to be talking about The Wonder and also it will be our special on the second season of The White Lotus. So if you haven't watched that yet, what are you doing? It's incredible stuff. It's so good. Um, so good. Uh, yeah. Well, Would we... you say it's better than the first season? Mm, similar okay, to Glass well, this... Onion, I don't know if I can... Yeah. I don't know. Okay. I like I mean, that answer. Yeah. We'll talk about it more next week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We will. We have to talk about the, the oh, intro the f- as well. Theme tune is banging. Banging. <laughs> I've, every episode I was waiting for that bit where the swan appears and the <laughs> beat kicks in. I was like, ah, oh, yeah. here we go. <laughs> yeah. Um. Oh, yeah. So good. Orby Plaza. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's good stuff. So much to discuss. Yeah, I want to watch her movie Emily the Criminal as well. Have you? Yes, yeah. me too. Yeah, I'm yes. intrigued by it. it. Looks good. Uh, almost watched it the other day, but then watched The Pale Blue Eye instead. Okay, so uh, it's been a pleasure to be with you. Thank you so much for having us. White Lotus next time. The Wonder next time. Um, rate and reviews everywhere. Get in touch with us. Show notes for links to everything. We're going to be continuing with a fortnightly release schedule. Um, 
here on Culture Bucket, which means we'll be back in two weeks for you with our episode on the Wonder and the White Lotus, uh, which yes. is very exciting. So see you then. Have a lovely couple of weeks. Thank you. Love you. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye.